0: the Korean word for thank you, so uh <laughs> I know um this two, it's, it was only two and a half minutes long, but it just summarizes my message so well, I feel like I could just give the benediction and we'd be done, right? We'd be good? You guys have been sitting here for a while. Um, I wish I could give a sermon or a message in this brief two, three minutes, but I do have more to say. I feel like I don't know if I'm the only one that feels this way, but I feel like this year, I guess we feel like this every year, but more so this year, that the holidays were really rushed. Like it's just come all of a sudden. I don't feel like there was some time between the holidays, but it's the first time I feel like all three have just come all at once and just kind of running together. Because I went to the store and I saw the halloween leftover candy on the clearance shelf right next to all things pumpkin flavored like everything pumpkin flavored and all the things that you would need to make a thanksgiving dinner while there's christmas decorations up all over the store and you're listening to christmas music and like i said i don't think i've ever seen halloween thanksgiving and christmas all kind of running together at one time in the stores before so i think things are super hectic and It's a time for people making lists. Um, I know a lot of people, particularly kids, make their Christmas lists, where the Christmas wish list, the list of toys, the list of things that you want. And then some of us have to make a list of the gifts that we need to buy and give to other people. We have a huge holiday to-do list, whether that means going away on vacation or just kind of getting organized to host huge parties and things like that. Some people may even have a jump start and have begun to make some New Year resolution lists about what you're going to do better, what you're going to do different, and change for next year. But one holiday list that is often overlooked during this time, I think, is the Thanksgiving list. And that is a list of things that we're thankful for. A few years ago on Facebook, um, there was this thankfulness challenge that was trending, that was going around. Um, And what you did was every day you posted on your Facebook update something that you were thankful for. And there was a hashtag going around that said, war on grumbling. Do you guys remember that? Hashtag war on grumbling. And another hashtag, I am full of thanks, was trending a few years ago all over Facebook. Some of you probably see it pop up now in your memories, right? I love the memories. And it shows me pictures and, and things that I did years ago. So let's look at our first a Bible verse for today, First uh, Thessalonians 5.18. If you don't have your Bibles, I use the New International Version, so it's up here, the NIV. It says, I give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, just like this short uh, two-minute video said. Now, we know that this isn't as simple as the verse makes it sound. Oh yeah, I give thanks in everything. It's just, it sounds so simplistic, but we know that actually living it out is almost near impossible. So how is it that we can do this? How can we uh, carry out God's will for us? Because it is his will, it says, to give thanks in all circumstances. Well, I think that it has to be very intentional. Intentional. Being thankful, I don't think, is natural for us. It doesn't come natural. I think the two things that really war against us having a thankful heart these days, more so than any other time, is consumerism and um, competition or competitiveness in this world. Consumerism because we are always, you know, advertisements and things always telling us that we don't have enough, Um, that we want more, that we shouldn't be satisfied with what we have. And so we're not thankful, we're not grateful. We're always looking for the next thing, the next iPhone, or the next uh, new car. The 2020s are coming out or, you know, just always wanting the next best thing and more. Also, the competitiveness. We can't really be grateful and happy with what I have or happy for someone else because, wow, you won that contest that I also had entered. And I'm not happy, and I'm not grateful that my friend won. I'm thinking, that should have been me, you know? And so there's that competitiveness and comparing, like, yeah, I have this house, but wow, it'd be great if I had that bigger house over there, you know, Lom. That's what I did, because we live in a townhouse, and Lam and Anne had a house, a single-family house, literally on the same street, Dock Berlin Drive. And I always was like, man, I wish I had their house, a single-family house with a yard and a fence instead of my townhouse. Um, so, yeah, you're always comparing. So this consumerism and this need for you know, being competitive or comparing really, really, really um, pulls down our, our thankful heart. So it need, we need to be intentional about it. It's not just because God says, this is my will for you and it shall be done. No, we have to be intentional about cultivating it and, and this thankfulness. So first of all, and I have three points to make. First, giving thanks is an attitude. It is an attitude. It's something that we intentionally have to think and bring to the table. Now we play this the old, you know, when-then game that everybody plays. When-then game, such as when I lose weight, then I'll be really happy, or when I get that promotion at work, then I'll be less stressed. Um, when this, then that. And so during that time, we know it, re- it rarely works out that way because something else, when you do achieve that weight loss, when you do achieve that promotion or whatever, like I said, consumerism, competitiveness, all these things work so that we're, we're, something always comes up and we're never satisfied. We're never just thankful for what we have now. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have ambition or aspirations. Of course, we should reach for more. Of course, we want to uh, succeed and and get ahead in work or in relationships and things like that. I'm not saying wherever you are, that's just the mediocre life. You should settle for it, stop reaching for more. No, but I'm saying where we are, we're not thankful. We're not grateful. We're not taking stock of exactly what we do have. So thankfulness, is an attitude that we choose to have, just like this little video said. It's a choice that we do make. It's an attitude and it's a choice. Remember 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, give thanks in all circumstances. It doesn't say for all circumstances. It says we're to give thanks in all circumstances. So you're not giving thanks for losing your job. You're not giving thanks for the illness that you've just recently been diagnosed with from the doctor. You, you've got to be crazy to be praising God and giving, I just lost my job, or, you know, oh, my child is terminally ill, let me give thanks, you know, because God is good. No, no, no. But it says in the midst, and again, in the uh, video, it says that we will suffer and have momentary troubles. This life is going to be hard. But, again, it is that in the midst of this, in all circumstances, in these things, we are to have a thankful heart and to give thanks. So it's in the midst of these things that you have to find ways to give thanks and to have this thankful heart. One translation of this verse, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, is Eugene Peterson's uh, translation, the MSG, the Message uh, Bible, which people say it's a paraphrase, not really a translation. And it says... Thank God no matter what happens. That's in a very, very simple terms. Thank God no matter what happens. Thank God no matter what comes, no matter what may, you know? And we're to cultivate this attitude of gratitude. Like, that's easy to remember because it rhymes. Attitude of gratitude. Just think. We're to cultivate and nurture and grow in us this attitude of gratitude. The way we look at things, our perspective on things, Someone wrote this list of things for which he was thankful for, and I can't remember where I found this list, but here's a list that someone wrote. I am thankful for the taxes I pay because it means I'm employed. I'm thankful for my pants that fit a little too snug around the waist, right? Who's thankful for that? Because it means I have more than enough to eat. I'm thankful for a lawn to mow and gutters um, to clean. I know Pastor Q would beg to differ on that. His most hated chore is mowing the lawn, but because it means I have a home. I don't have Lam's house, so I didn't have to mow the lawn. Or <laughs> my huge heating bill. It's winter. If you have gas, uh, you know Washington gas, and you have the heat going on, I'm thankful for my huge heating bill. Who's going to say that? because it means I am warm. I'm thankful for the piles of laundry. Who's thankful for having to do piles and piles of laundry? You see laundry piling up, right? Yeah, yeah, I see some of you like smirking, right? Why? Because it means I have loved ones nearby. If I was just living by myself and I didn't have family and loved ones nearby, I wouldn't have that much laundry because it would just be me, but I'm thankful that I have piles and piles of laundry to do because I know then I have daughters, I have a husband, I've got you know, people that I'm caring for, making a home for, and loved ones nearby. It's easy to find the negative in anything, in any situation. Of course, it's so easy for us. A lot of us have that radar, that razor-sharp focus of, of rooting out the negatives and in any situation um, pointing it out and seeing that first. But we can turn things around and we can change our perspective. The perspective that leads to being thankful in all circumstances. The last few years, I've noticed a lot of um, a lot more gray hair on my head. Um, I'm almost 50 years old, and I noticed a lot of gray. I didn't used to have gray, and I've been holding off as long as possible in dyeing my hair. And so, because you know, once you start, you got to continue. And so, I would complain to my hairstylist, you know, when I when I go, and I just complain like gosh, do you see more? I'm like, do you see more? And I, you know, I'm always concerned. And you can guess what she says, right? Perspective. What does she say? She says to me, gray hair is better than no hair, Mimi. So stop complaining. <laughs> gray hair is better than no hair, she tells me. And I'm like, oh, you're right. You're right. Because I'm at that age again where I have friends who are really uh, struggling with hair loss, I guess, when we're in our 50s and stuff. So um, yeah, and I remember this teacher, I went to Roosevelt High School, I remember him, you know, a lot of you guys went to Roosevelt, Mr. Mensch, do you guys remember Mr. Mensch? Probably went to school way before y'all did uh, there in high school, but uh, I remember Mr. Mensch, you know, he always had super, super bad breath, really bad breath. He always had his coffee and really, really bad breath. I'm just putting him out there. Um, and he would say, if anybody commented on it or whatever, he would say, halitosis is better than no breath at all right?
1: He would say, you
0: know, bad breath is better than not breathing because then you'd be dead. I always remember that. halitosis is better than no breath at all. So it is perspective. It is how you look at things. Yeah, breathing, even though with bad breath, is better than not breathing. Gray hair is better than going bald. You know, the things that we can be thankful for, the perspective that we have. Um, God calls us to give thanks in all circumstances to start the day with a thankful attitude and also end the day with it because this is God's will for us. Secondly, giving thanks, besides um, it being an attitude, is a response. Giving thanks is a response that we have. Everything begins with God. Everything emanates from God. Everything. God is the origin. He is the, you know, yesterday, today, and tomorrow the same. Everything begins with God. Why should we be thankful? Because of what God has done for us. God has given us so much. God has blessed us with so much. And even though we're thankful for the things that he's done, it's not even about that. You know, we're so grateful when God answers our prayers. We're so grateful when he comes through with this or things that he's done for us, right? But it's not even about that. It's about who he is. Not even you know, is that Janet Jackson's song, What Have You Done for Me Lately? You know, it's not even like, God, what have you done for me? But it's again, because that was focusing on me. Yeah, what have you done for me? Have you, you know, but instead, who God is. The character of God. God is so incredibly good. You know that song, not the um, What Have You Done For Me Lately, but flip that. There's a song that we sing a lot, and it's, You're a good, good father. That's who you are. You're a good, good father. That's who you are. Yes, that's who he is. Because of the character of God, simply because he is so good, he is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our thanksgiving to him. And we're so thankful for that fact alone, that we have such a generous, a kind, a loving, omnipotent, omniscient God who is so good, who can not do wrong, who does not know evil, that always has the best for us. And it's God's will. It is his desire for us to give thanks. In Christ Jesus, his son. Jesus Christ makes it possible. It is Jesus who came, he died, and rose again for us. And by that very act, he saved us from eternal separation from God. In light of this eternal perspective that we have, what else can we do? As Amy prayed uh, earlier today, what else can we do but give thanks? What else can we do but praise him? What else can we do? It should be just breaking forth from us when we are reminded of this eternal perspective. What else can we do but give thanks in all our earthly circumstances, even in our struggles and momentary troubles? 2 Corinthians um, chapter 4.17 says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Isn't that such a good comforting verse? For our light and momentary troubles here on earth are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. That far outweighs our momentary and our brief our troubles here on earth. Giving thanks and being thankful is our response to who God is. And everything that he's done for us is a bonus on top of that. Because he's good, and he has done good for me, I will praise the Lord, and I will give thanks. And thirdly, giving thanks leads to action. Giving thanks leads to action. It's not just an attitude. It's not just how I feel. Oh, I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. I'm a very thankful person. I, I walk around with a very grateful heart. No, it also leads to action. It's about expressing it actively. Because I'm so grateful, because I'm so thankful, I want to, you know, actively express it some way. And to be able to um, to be able to give or or to express it and, and and to to reciprocate in some way. Let's look at our other Bible text for today, and that is Luke chapter seventeen, verses eleven through nineteen. I have it here for you guys if you don't. Luke seventeen verses eleven through nineteen. And I will read it for you. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Or other translations say, have mercy on us. When Jesus saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as the lepers went, they were cleansed. Uh, this is a well-known story of Jesus healing the 10 lepers. This story is unique to the Gospel of Luke. It is not written about or mentioned in the other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, or um, John. Uh, In Jesus' time, anyone with leprosy was considered unclean. It was like one of the most uh, more devastating diseases of diseases. Uh, They called leprosy anything that was really like a skin disease of some sort. Um, They felt that it was a judgment from God. Um, It was something that was um, like contagious and just very unclean. And they were outcasts. If you were a leper, that's why you still, even here today, modern day, you've heard of leper colonies. I believe they do still exist. And, you know, lepers are kind of put together. And they're considered outcasts. They're required to live away from all the other people. You have to, if you have leprosy, you can't live at your house. You can't live with your family. You have to come out and kind of be outcast and live in a separate um, community. You have to live away from your family. No one could go near them. No one could touch them except for other lepers. Um, In fact, they were even required to shout out, unclean, unclean, whenever anyone came near them or if they were walking down the street. They were required by law to shout, unclean, unclean, to announce that they were coming through as a warning to people of their leprosy. How would you like that? How would you like to, like, let's say I have some, I don't know, some kind of disease. Um, so I don't know, like the woman with the blood issue, hemorrhaging disease or, or some kind of illness with, Um, I don't know, some of the more more embarrassing illnesses or something. And then you have to go shout that to everybody so they can clear the way, knowing that I'm going to come through. I mean, what does that do for your social life? What does that do for just your self-esteem? You have to understand, right? This is just really, really, uh, you know, when you think about these ones. But these 10 lepers, they must have heard about Jesus. They must have heard about this man, Jesus, who broke rules and tradition, this Jesus who who ate with sinners, who healed the sick, who raised people from the dead, who was able to even cast out demons. People must have, they must have heard about this Jesus. So when they heard Jesus coming through their town, coming along, instead of crying out, unclean, unclean, they instead shout something else. They shout, Jesus, Master, have pity on us, have mercy on us, while still standing at a distance. Here. Let me see. Yes. So they stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And they're still standing at a distance because they're not supposed to run up to Jesus. They're not supposed to you know, get near other people. And so you imagine that they're at a distance, so... I imagine that Jesus has to shout to be heard, right? So Jesus is shouting back at them, Go show yourself here. Go show yourselves to the priests. He shouts back to these ten lepers. This is another way of telling the lepers that they were healed. This is another way. When he says, Go show yourself. Take yourselves to the priests and show yourselves to them. It's his way of saying, Yes, indeed, amen, you are healed. You know, go, be free, you know. It's another way of saying that because in that day, the priest was the only one who could certify or pronounce you clean. The priest was the only one, and if you were to be healed, if you were to somehow uh, be rid of this leprosy, then to get back into your community, to go back to your family, and to be declared you know, fit to have you know, company and be friends again and, and be among the, the people, the regular population, you had to show yourself to the priest. The priest had to check you over and say, oh, yeah, yeah you've been healed or you are clean again. You've gone from unclean to clean. So only the priests could do that. So Jesus shouts to them, go and show yourself, saying, go get examined because you're clean. And the amazing thing is in verse 14, it says, as, and as they went, they were cleansed. And as they went, they were cleansed. So they took Jesus at his word and they had started to move and actually, you know, go. They were going to take themselves to the priest. And the healing happens while they're on their way. As they went, as they're going, the healing happens. This is amazing to me, too, by faith. You know, I don't know how long they've, been, they've had leprosy, but it's not every day that you're going to get healed from this devastating disease. And for Jesus to shout, he doesn't even come to you because there are other healings where he touches you. Right? There's other healings where he has to come near you, breathe on you or touch you or something. But from here, he's like, go show yourself. And then, you know, it doesn't say that they hesitated. It doesn't say like, what? you know, he's not going to come and, and touch us. He's not going to be like, you know. But he says this and they go, you know. And while they're going, they are healed. This is just the faith. This is just amazing to me. Um Then we read about the one leper who was so grateful that he takes the time to run back to Jesus, praising God, to give thanks to Jesus. He throws himself, one of them, when he saw that he was healed. So they're all going, the 10 lepers together. He sees that he's healed. He's like, what? You know, and then he's praising God and he takes the time to run back to Jesus because he wants to give thanks. He throws himself at Jesus's feet. Just like this grateful leper, this one that comes back, our thankfulness should drive us to action, to drive us to action. So often, God answers our prayers. We pray about something. There are things that we want. There are things that we are interceding for. And, and God listens, and God answers our prayers. But I feel like so often, we receive it. We receive the blessing. We receive the answer prayer, and, and we're good. How many of us then remember to go back and just as as diligently as you petitioned and prayed for that thing, do you go back and just as diligently thank God and and just praise him, you know? We implore him and and just we're crying out to him. And then once it's answered, it's like, see ya, you know, we're good but we don't go back and just then throw ourselves at his feet and just spend that time of, of just really uh, of, of thankfulness and just, just letting God know and just praising and, and giving the thanks. Uh, just recently, and I shared this with some of our women, uh, Thursday we have our morning uh, oasis, which is a Bible study every Thursday morning for moms with young kids. We meet at Helen and Daniel Ross' house in Rockville. And so we take turns bringing food, bringing refreshments, and it was my turn this past Thursday. We had Christina, uh, Pastor Sue's wife, come and share. So it's my turn to bring food, and I'm running late. So I text the ladies. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm running late because i got to stop by and pick up the food. So I went to Falls Grove Panera, and I was going to get that pack, you know, the um, bagel pack to go where you get not a dozen but 13 bagels, and it includes two tubs of uh, containers of cream cheese, right? And it's like to go, they, they, you know it up for you. So I went to Panera, and um, I was in line, and then uh, it's always busy. It was early in the morning Thursday, and I order. I'm like, oh, I want, you know, the bagels. I'm telling her, two of blueberry, two chocolate chip, and all this stuff, right? And she's putting it in, and everything like that. I open my purse, and I'm horrified. My wallet is missing, and I'm like, where's my wallet? Where's my wallet? And I'm like freaking out, and I'm like, Oh, no, last night I had to show Hoon something with our insurance. Uh, We were trying to figure out something with our insurance, and I had taken my wallet out of my purse to look at my insurance card, and I left my wallet on on the table there and didn't put it back into my purse. And and that all came back to me, and I'm like, oh, no, I have no money, and I got to go, and I already ordered it. She sliced all the bagels. I said, oh, no. And I'm like, oh, you know, what do I do? What do I do? And I'm like, wait, um, I have no cash on me. Who carries cash these days, you know? Everything's in my, my wallet. So I'm like, um, um, and I was like, oh, Apple Pay. I have an Apple Watch. I, I have a phone. There's got to be some way. And I said, I, I, have, I have Apple Pay. And, and, um, and she was like, okay, go ahead. And I'm like. But I don't know how, how to use it. And then she had this, you know, the little screen thing where you put a card in her tap. So I'm tapping, tapping, rubbing and tapping and nothing's happening. And I'm like, do you know how to get this money out in, into here? And the lady's like, I don't know either. And I'm like, no. I'm tapping, <laughs> rubbing. And it's not working. And I'm, you know, all flustered. I'm holding up the line. And then all of a sudden, the, this lady behind me comes up and then she's like, I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it. And I'm like... I was like, oh, no, 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 it's okay. I, I have money, just not with me, you know? And she's like, no, I, you know, I'll pay for this. And I'm like, no, no, it's okay. And then she says to me, she says, this is no way to start your day. I got this, boo. She called me boo. <laughs> she goes, this is no way to start your day. I got this, boo. And she just sticks in her credit card while I'm still like, no, no. She just walks up and sticks in her her credit card. And I'm like, I'm just in shock, my mouth is just open. This has never happened to me before. I know WGTS, Christian Radio Station, I know they talk about that thing called, what is it, Pay It Forward? Where the drive-through, you pay for the person behind you. I admit, I've never participated in that because I never go through drive-throughs because they always get my order wrong, so I always actually always go in to the whatever, um, fast food or a restaurant. I, don't, I rarely go through drive-throughs. But anyway, so I'm like, is it one of those things or I don't know but she's like yeah I got this boo and she sticks in her credit card and I was like so grateful I was so grateful I didn't know what to do I was like um um but you know do I get her name and number can I Venmo her later should I get her information send her a check in the mail I'm just so uncomfortable with a stranger paying for me you know, I didn't know what to do. And so I'm like, but but again, I was so grateful. I was driven to some sort of action. What do I do? And so I was like, um, um, you know, I, I wanted to say, you know, bless you, my child. I wanted to, like, give her, like, I'm a pastor. I'm going I'm to give you some pastoral priestly blessing. I wanted to say, bless you, my child. What you have done for me, you have done unto the Lord. You know, I wanted to be like... <laughs> You know, do I break out my priestly, you know, blessing, you know, may the Lord, you know, shine his face upon you and, you know, bless you and keep you and, you know, lift my arms and do a benediction over her. Like, I wanted to bless her. I wanted to, um, and so all, she, she was in a hurry, and so she's running out, and the, and the only thing I could get was, what's your name? What's your name? And she turns around, and she says, Jasmine. And I was like, oh, I love that name, Jasmine. Jasmine. <laughs> I actually really, Jasmine was one of the top names I wanted to name my daughters. Jasmine was a name, um, one of the top. And so I was like, oh, I love that name, Jasmine. I was like, oh, God bless Jasmine. And so, um, you know, she left. Beautiful woman. If you ever see Jasmine, she's got long hair all the way down to her waist, all corn rolled. It's like beautiful corn rolls all the way down to her waist. But And she called me Boo. Don't know what that means. but And so... I was just so touched, and I was so grateful. It just, I, I, you know, it was like I, I was beside myself. I needed to act in some way to thank her. It wasn't enough to just say thank you. I wanted to do something for her. But yes, our mother's oasis, we ate the bagels, and uh, we were blessed by, by Jasmine. So when I think about, you know, just this this cultivating this this attitude of being grateful wherever you are in unexpected uh, ways, unexpected places. You know, what can we do? And in this story of healing of the ten lepers, let me ask you, do you see yourself as the one who came back to say thank you? Or do you see yourself as one of the other nine who, who couldn't wait to get certified clean by the priests, who couldn't wait to get on with their life? I mean, that's understandable too. If I'm on my way to the priest because, you know, I took Jesus at his word and I become clean, if I was walking to see the priest and I see, you know, the leprosy disappearing, I see myself getting healed, I would break out into a run, you know? I'd be so excited. I would break out into a run, not to return to Jesus, but run even faster to get to the priest so he can certify me clean so I can get on with my life, finally have my life back. You know, that would be my attitude. But here's the one, the one before he want, you know goes and gets certified and, and you know, goes on with his life. He takes the time to backtrack, go all the way back. I don't know how long they had traveled. I don't know where the priests were. Um, but he comes back, traces his footsteps back so that he can praise God, throw himself at Jesus' feet and say thank you to him. So who are we? The one who does that or the other nine that wants to get on with our lives once God has answered our prayer? If we're honest, we'll see that um, often we haven't been grateful or thankful. Instead, we take things for granted. Vance Havner, he's a very famous, um, this guy. Vance Havner uh, is a very famous evangelist and a Bible teacher a uh, very well-known speaker at different Bible conferences. You know, He was born in 1901. He passed away in 1986. I uh, was searching him on the Internet, and it says that he is the most uh, quoted uh, preacher or the most quoted Bible um, scholar. I didn't know that, but I was looking at all his various quotes, and I was like, that's all from him? I didn't realize he was the originator of these different quotes that I even quote all the time. But anyway, he says um, he says here... Oh, I can't read it. Our biggest problem in the church today is the vast majority of Sunday morning Christians who claim to have known the Master's cure, you know, to experience God's love and answer, and who return not to thank Him by presence, prayer, testimony, and support of His church. In fact, the whole Christian life is one big thank you, the living expression of our gratitude to God for His goodness. But we take Him for granted. And what we take for granted, we never take seriously. It's a Really good quote. What we take for granted, we never take seriously. Many who have been a Christian for a very long time may take their salvation for granted. So easy to take your salvation for granted. When we are truly thankful, it leads us to express it through our actions. It's an overflow of how we feel, of what's in our heart. You know, God says, you know, it's from an overflow of our soul, of our hearts, right? The words that we speak, our actions, and things. So it is an expression of what's in our hearts, of of truly being thankful, of what we feel. Thanksgiving Day is a unique holiday because um, as holidays go, it doesn't commemorate some ending of a war. It doesn't uh, commemorate anyone's birthday, anyone's death, anyone's anniversary. It's really simply a day set aside to give thanks. Have you thought about that? Veterans Day, Memorial Day, President's Day, even Christmas, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus. Even Easter, we're celebrating the death of Jesus. You know, like, it's not, when you think about Thanksgiving, None of those things, simply a day set aside to give thanks. It became an official American holiday in 1863. Yes, the pilgrims are credited with starting the tradition of Thanksgiving in America. It was the pilgrims, but declaring it and making it a formal national holiday in November was actually the work of Abraham Lincoln. If you guys know your history, President Abraham Lincoln, who was known for being deeply religious, just a really good, strong Christian man. And it was originally created to thank God. This is the official proclamation, right, if you see it. A proclamation for a day of thanksgiving, praise, and prayer. Think about that. It was originally created to thank God not just to celebrate family, food, and football. It was created actually as a day to thank God. Can you believe that? Not just to cultivate uh, our warm, fuzzy feelings of you know family getting together, friends getting together, and food, but originally the origin of it was to set aside a day to thank God, Christian or not, to be able to thank the Almighty. It was a day set aside for the whole nation to thank God and to acknowledge him. Even in the midst of war, that's what's so surprising. It's not like it was given thanks during a time of peace and prosperity. It was during a time of war. This official holiday was created um, when, and it was decreed during the Civil War where more Americans died than in any other war in US history because we fought against each other. So whether that side died or this side died, We were all Americans. So this is the war that more Americans died than in any other war fought in U.S. history. So I want to wrap up with this. As we look forward to our Thanksgiving dinners this Thursday, you know, what is it? Um, What was it, Um, Irene? You said something about stuffing your face? run Run the race before you stuff your face. Okay, so before we stuff our face this Thursday... Um, to consider the origin of this holiday, even in the midst of war, a nation divided, this president declares 1 Thessalonians 5.18. This president declares 1 Thessalonians 5.18. He says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So as the team comes up, and as we close our Thanksgiving Sunday worship service today, I just want you to Think to yourself two things. Think to yourselves two things that you're truly thankful for, things that maybe you have taken for granted, things that are not so obvious, but things it could be for your salvation. When's the last time you thank God for salvation? You know When's the last time, um, again, like that list that that person had for a snug-fitting pants because that means you have enough food to eat? So think of the two things that you're truly thankful for that you may have taken for granted. And thank God for those two things now. Let's think about that and let's all stand together.